Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friend, old Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you'll be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscription button. The subscribe button, whatever it's called, and a little notify bell next to it. And, of course, if you're on the iOS podcast app, be sure to leave us a rating or review. That really helps the show. Um, and uh, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. we got 45 people watching right now, and they're all privy to the super secret details regarding our, the next iteration of Frendo Unified Championship Wrestling. Yeah. This time, of course, on WWE 2K18. Yeah. Later on today, around the time this goes up. What? Hold on a second. What? We didn't mention this is our 300th episode. Oh! Yeah, I know, but I, I never, I don't really pay attention. So, like, you got to add up this plus the dirt sheets together and see what the number is because dirt sheets are basically the same thing. It's 360 something then. Oh, are we in the 60 somethings? Yeah. Is there Why not include count out too? Then we're well over 400. The going in raw views. Yeah. Probably closer going to in raw views, count out, and this, whatever that conglomerated number Probably is. Yeah, like 450 something. And that's assuming we've got the numbers right every time. That's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge thing. But okay, yeah, no, it's, it's worth celebrating 300 episodes of going in raw. Um, Thank you, everybody out there, for making that happen. Without your support, never would have been possible. That, I mean, technically, that's true. Um, and then, uh, yeah, on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Ooh, now it's up to 48 people watching. The live stream of the recaps at $5 a month. You get all the NXT 205 Live, like this show, the Raw and SmackDown recaps. You get to watch them all live, and we have like a pre-show and a post-show, and I showed off our new little trophy for hitting 182,000 subs yeah. um, to the patrons, but nobody else gets to see them until we reveal it on the thing. So yeah. there's that. Um, and then we're also available at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw. Um, you know what I wanted to do? I'm not going to do it now, but I think I'm going to integrate this into the show. We're going to go multi-cam, but it's a very special multi-cam. What we're going to do is, uh, so my dad went down to my sister's storage facility yeah. where I had a bunch of my old comic yeah, books oh, I'm aware of that. that I sell at Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash MST here. And uh, 
he that uh, half mannequin thing. They used to be at the house, mm-hmm. the old house back in the day, and then I stole it to put like the T-shirts on yeah. for the comic book stuff. I'm gonna dress that up with a different pro wrestling tees shirt of ours, and then I'll have a camera trained on it. And then when we want to throw and just say, let's take a look at that shirt again. <laughs> And it'll prompt people. That sounds like a joke that would probably be decent for about three weeks. It'll prompt people to go to Pro Wrestling Tees. She'll okay. be our new our new production intern. Let's just make that our card to start the show. Is that like floating, like flying through space? Flying the the mannequin flying or, through space, or a visual representation of internet? Yeah, okay, we can do that. Yeah, we need to dick around the show a lot more, dude. Everybody's passing us by. I feel we need we need to dick around more. New logos, new everything. Anyways, oh, like, see, now we're getting all these people here uh, in the in the Patreon throwing out suggestions for what the new federation is going to be called. That's good. I got my hoodie on today because it's cold. It's chilly today. It's chilly. Anyways, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, 205 Live oh, and man. NXT. And I noticed you titled the episode, uh, Why 205 Live Needs Neville. And that is very true because without Neville, with a thought in my mind that Neville... May not never, may not ever be on the show. May not never is not the proper English correction. Um, it leaves a giant gaping hole. So you have pretty much everybody on the two five live roster, with the exception of Enzo, mm-hmm. is an awesome wrestler. Mm-hmm, that's true. Enzo, in terms of mic work, um, is probably uh, at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys on the show who have the potential to get there, who are nearly there. Yeah. But I think Neville was the one guy that was the perfect synthesis of both, of character and in-ring ability. Yeah. Um, his mean Neville character uh, is, was really the catalyst for the uh, the revival mm-hmm. of 205 Live in mm-hmm. terms of the quality of the show. When he came on, the show really found its voice, kicked into high gear, was consistently if not the best, the second best WWE product on a weekly basis. Correct. Now that he's gone, as evidenced by this episode, it's a huge, huge, huge loss. Yeah. In short, I was bored to death by this episode. I'm not going to say I was bored to death no, by it. because there was uh, one good match. Um, Cedric Alexander gave a really good interview. It, the, the, it needs... Okay, so remember when, when Neville became Mean Neville? Yeah. And he, like, delivered... And I don't remember what, like, his first promo was necessarily. I don't remember if he was immediately as good as he was, but I think he kind of was. Um, you're, 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 everything he said is exactly correct. They, they need... Number, number one, the, one of the reasons that I'm bummed about this is... Not just that Neville's, a, like, a fantastic wrestler and a great character, but he was so... Counter, he was the exact opposite of Enzo Amore. And I think if they had pulled off, I think they could have pulled off the double turn with much more grace, I think, than they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is Enzo didn't seem completely invested in double turn turn at the time. Yeah. He seems to have much more now. Could be fully invested in it now. And, yes. I mean, honestly, if if one of the major reasons Neville left was because of the fact that he was left off of the WrestleMania DVD um, and missed out on those royalties, then, you know, that that's nothing that creative can really take care of. Or, or it could have been control. a situation. Maybe, you know, if the rumors were true and at one point he was booked to face Enzo in the main event of Raw in that Lumberjack match. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a situation like, this is speculation on my part, maybe a situation like Stone Cold where he mm-hmm. goes, hey, this is... This is a money feud potentially. Yeah. This is a, a feud that can really get some exposure to a five live. Let's milk it. Let's have this match. 
at TLC. Yeah, I don't know if it was Instead a matter of just having it on Raw. I don't know if that was just a way to get rid of Neville. Like, were, were, were they really going to have him lose clean? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, you know, we don't know a lot about this stuff. Um, nobody really does right now, except for Neville and, you know, Vince, probably. But, uh, but I mean, regardless... Regardless of why he left or what his reasons were, it's a massive bummer. It's a, it's a huge bummer. There's a massive hole there, and this episode, I, I felt it in this episode. You know, incidentally, uh, Wrestling Observer has the ratings for oh, it's fifteenth. It was fifteenth, and I'm trying to think, was Neville? <clears throat> what was on last week's episode? Give me a moment, I'll find out. Okay. I think, wait, was last week's episode when he, like, solidified his heel turn? Yeah. Okay, maybe it was that. I mean, they're, they're sort of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't position, because if you if you put the 205 Live important stuff in the main event spot on Raw, which is where it's been the last three weeks, then I wonder if, that, if people are just going to be like, well, I don't need to watch 205 Live because the important things happen on Raw. Yeah. On the other hand, if the important stuff is on 205 Live... Then they're just gonna then then they they learn that the two hundred five live stuff on Raw is an afterthought. They start not caring about it. it's a it's a screwed up situation. The bottom line is it can be you, we've seen with the inclusion of Enzo that first week people will watch yeah. if there if there's something interesting to watch. So that's sort of the bottom line of that. So they just need to put more interesting things on there, and there just isn't that sort of over the top great character that is going to do that for them on a consistent basis. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Enzo right now is that character. And I'm not saying that, you know, but, Neville, but Neville didn't pop ratings either. But there's, right now, I, right now, I don't know if there's a character that can serve as Enzo's foil the same way that Neville right. did. Yeah. I mean, they have to invest some time in building up uh, people to reach that. Mm-hmm. But Neville was right there. Yeah. They could have milked that Neville-Enzo feud for another three months. And in the meantime, built up Cedric Alexander or Mustafa yeah. Ali to to eventually, you know, be the top face on two or five. I mean, to be there, there's no. I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting for a second there's any easy answer because whatever you do, you have to do it within the confines of their business model. And their business model is take this thing. No, I we both we both think that it was a mistake for them to go live, but that seemed to fit into their business model mm-hmm. in terms of. Well, we need to film this. If we film it right after SmackDown, right before the... Keep costs down, yeah. Keep costs down, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I get that they have to do that. I just, I mean, within that business model, there's there's no easy answer. I do. We're going to talk about Leo Rush today, who had his first NXT match. And my thing is, if you let... Because I honestly think... I don't think any of the cruiserweights are like Leo Rush. I don't think anybody's like Leo Rush. But I do think that if they let the cruiserweights do what they what they we know they can do based on what we saw in the cruiserweight classic that would go a long way towards helping things because yeah. it's 205 live would then become the place where you can see wrestling unlike what you see anywhere else uh, especially on raw or smackdown yeah i mean I, we, we've consistently said there's two things that 205 live needs mm, yeah. to do yeah. one and first and foremost well, it's actually three one let them wrestle the way they want to wrestle mm-hmm, they, yeah. they wrestle best two Clean up the presentation aspect of it, mm-hmm. whether it's the graphics or the locale, whatever. Three, if it's going to be, if they're going to be part of the raw roster, have them interact with people mm-hmm. on, you know, with heavyweights essentially. Yeah. More crossover. Do those three things. Two or five live will do well. Yeah. Although or I do better. I just, I just, you know, 
man, I saw that Leo Rush match, and I was like, man, if you just bring in guys who blow you away in the ring, they don't have to open their mouths once. And I honestly think that that would go a long way towards helping it. I don't know that's the case. I don't know that people are going to are gonna flock to it just based on, like, really amazing wrestling, but it certainly would help. There are people out there, and I think some of them are on that 205 Live roster who can do stuff that are, that's equally as jaw-dropping, and they just don't let them do it. I, I firmly believe I that. So, yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, uh, this episode <laughs> opened up with an uh, uh, in-ring interview with Kalisto. That those those words should never be placed together again. I mean, I I was thinking about this before he won the Raw title, like when they booked the the title match during Raw. I was like, man, if you really want to get me to really turn off the 205 Live, put the title on him. And then they did that, and it was kind of exciting how they did it on Raw. But my God, I I just want to fall. Asleep. As soon as he opens his mouth, I want to fall. Asleep. Well, this this feud doesn't really have a whole lot of heat. No, there's no reason. Certainly for it. not to the the degree that Neville and Enzo mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually Enzo comes out with Arya Davari. Yeah. Um, they go back and forth. I honestly don't remember what they said because I didn't really find it terribly interesting. It was a lot of. I mean, Enzo Enzo was using a lot of his crap metaphors, and it, here's the thing: the problem is this. Kalisto has nothing. Neville had all the motivation in the world. He had all the because he had been there. He had seen like you know the Enzo stuff, and so you took what he said with more weight than Kalisto's completely generic babyface stuff. You know what they they should do hmm. is so Enzo. No one likes Enzo because he can't wrestle. Right. How about this? People like the fact that Kalisto can wrestle, mm-hmm. but they still kind of resent the fact that he's got a title when he just showed up. Mm-hmm, yeah. That would add some depth to the story. Yeah. That yeah. would make it interesting. Yeah. Or if everybody, like, Cedric Alexander, for example, is the first one to start celebrating with Kalisto, but in his mind, he should still be like, this should have been my opportunity. Mm-hmm. So exactly. that should be his reason to be yeah. against Kalisto. So I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, such a, it's such a crap. So there's so many different things that are kind of crap. That it's kind of difficult to pick apart and say, okay, well, this is how you fix it. Yeah. But uh, in any event, we'll figure out what we got. Uh, yeah, like you said, there wasn't really anything memorable about this besides the fact that it was a really long segment again. Yeah. Um, For some reason, they let Kalisto talk a lot. Enzo and Davari go to the ring, attack Kalisto. Mustafa Ali comes out and makes the save, sets up our main event for the night. It makes me wonder, like, what if they had sort of pulled a swerve and had Mustafa Ali somehow get that title in the first place? That dude can talk. Oh, yeah. He can talk. Yeah, and he can. Man, he's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, too. he is. Um, and he's sort of established. Yeah, he is. He's been there since the very beginning. beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we had Rich Swan versus TJP, TJ Perkins, in a two out of three falls match. It was match. a really good match. Yeah, it was a fantastic match. It was a really good match. Um, Rich Swan got the sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, dropped the promo saying, all right, you got your match. Comes at the cost of our friendship. Yeah. Not friends anymore. No more friends. Um, he uh, did this really cool move, reversed a knee bar attempt from TJP into like a bridge. Yeah, that was cool. Him. That was cool. Wins the first fall. Yeah. And then wins the second with the Phoenix Splash. Really good match. Rich Swan's great. And then he dabbed over the dead body of uh, TJP. Yeah. He did his little driving thing, but then he went, did that stuff. I love the driving thing. Yeah. I've been doing that to people these days. I go to J.C. Penny and get, some, get a new dress shirt for the Daily pay Show. For it and then you I pay for it and they go shift in the drive. <laughs> that looks kind of cool on the set there. Mm. Mm. Put a green screen behind us. I know, right? Well, we do. We have one under all this crap. I know. This wall is literally painted green. Right there. It's right there. You can see it right there. Not, not really because our fingers were covering it up. Our meaty fingers. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Then Enzo. And, I mean, I like that they teamed Davari with Enzo. Oh, yeah. 
I like I like Davari a lot. Yeah, me too. They team Davari with Enzo. Um, Drew Gulak comes up to him and and more or less says, "I'm with you." Yeah, he said, "I like I love anything Drew Gulak." Says. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when this episode was so lame. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it was one of the few bright spots, but he was essentially saying, "Enzo, you may be everything that I don't like about wrestling, but you stand by your convictions, yeah, and yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. that." And because you know, you're anti. Basically, he's finding a way because Enzo is a heel to align with him. And Enzo, Enzo. Here's the thing about Enzo, though. He's got really, really good comedic chops. He does. Like his he does re- some decent character work too. His reactions, his. And I know this is not a word that you would associate with Neville or with uh, Enzo, but his subtleties when it comes to reacting to people that kind of bewilder him, like Drew Gulak did uh, on 205 Live. Um, it makes me laugh. It chuckles. It makes me chuckle. Um, I thought about this during this episode, uh, the uh, possibility of a Cruiserweight Survivor Series-style match happening at Survivor Series. Oh, that'd be the fun. way people are going up to Enzo and saying, I'm cool with you. You mm-hmm. got Enzo, you got Davari, you got Kendrick, you got Gulak, and mm-hmm. I guess you can have uh, Gallagher now, mm-hmm. since he and Kendrick are buddies, mm-hmm. taking on Kalisto, Mustafa Ali, Grand Metalik, Cedric Alexander, uh, Kira Tozawa, and then, yeah, yeah I guess... Grand Metalik. Got to put Grand Metalik in there, man. That oh, he's can, good. That guy can freaking wrestle. So after that, we had Akira Tozawa come out, uh, came out to have a match against somebody, yeah, but somebody. he was attacked by Drew Gulak. Yeah, man. And his no chance sign. Yeah. It was pretty vicious. No, it was good. And he, uh, they, they made a point. They, they made, they pointed out that Drew attacked him in the throat area. Hopefully, maybe to so prevent him chant anymore. I'm chanting. Yeah. yeah. Ha 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 stuff. So there was a, a measured attack. Uh, let's see. Next up, we had a Cedric Alexander interview. He's very comfortable on the mic. He's very comfortable. I, they just need to give him something. Mm-hmm. They need to give him something. Like he's gonna be one of those guys that once it clicks, it clicks, and it's gonna be awesome. He's gonna be huge. Yeah, maybe if that time ever comes. I know. It, it's all dependent on if if something clicks. I know. Because if it doesn't click, it's gonna well, be like a couple like, weeks ago. Or yeah, same thing ago. with Jason Jordan. Yeah. If it doesn't click, it's not gonna happen. A couple weeks ago, uh, during Cedric's match against Jack Gallagher. Mm-hmm. That was really a step in the right direction in terms of adding dimension to his character. Mm-hmm. Showing a, a more aggressive side. Yeah. It's just finding all the pieces and having it connect, yeah. I don't know what it is. If I go back and, and think about that match he had, he had against Kota Ibushi in the Cruiserweight Classic, yeah, I mean, and it wasn't just the moves they were letting him do. Mm-hmm. It was the performance. Yeah, the I know. character work, the storytelling in the ring. Yeah. That was so awesome. Yeah, it's there. It's you know what you know what it also is, dude. There's also an element of it's not just something that that they need to do with him or he needs to do. Like you said, with Kota Ibushi, he's like a next level competitor. Two of my life. One thing it definitely needs is is an infusion of talent. Yeah, and I know, and Kalisto is not the way to go. Like they need to. I, part of me just thinks Leo Rush needs two months to figure out WWE style or style. God, no, not style. But the WWE production culture, culture, thank you, and then just move him over to 205 Live. Because yeah. what a shot in the arm that'll be! Oh yeah, that'll be massive. You can you put him out there on 205 uh, on Raw against another against somebody else in a match. People will then go to 205 Live. I I believe that. Yeah. Because man, it's crazy. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, main event: Mustafa Ali and Kalisto took on Enzo and Davari. Right. It was an all right match. It's a tag match, man. And Enzo was in it way too much. He can't wrestle very... I mean, he's not terrible. He's not good. 
I don't know. It was what it was. Yeah, it was all right. I don't really care about seeing Kalisto. He won Pin Davari with uh, Salida, Del, Salida Del Sol. Yeah. Um, but it's just... What, where is that great Neville feud? Like it was so close to coming, and then it just fell we apart. We had a double turn that we were really excited to see. Yeah, I know. It never happened. So weird. It's a bummer. But, you know, that's what it is. Moving on to NXT. Uh, we started off the show with uh, the first um, in of three matches. Yeah. yeah. Triple threat matches, uh, which will all determine the competitors. To face Kyrie Sane at Takeover Houston, no that war games. War, oh, that's right, it's war games. Um, and in this case, it was Peyton Royce, Liv Morgan, and Nikki Cross. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, like, the match was going off as as a typical Nikki Cross. Any Nikki Cross match will go where she's crazy. She's gotten like no problem attacking both people at the same time, and she's usually pretty successful. Yeah. Nikki Cross is freaking crazy. Yeah, she's good. Everything she does she's is amazing. Good. I love Peyton Royce too. Yeah, I, I think do. she's fantastic. I I want Liv Morgan to do well. She doesn't do much for me in any respect. I and then I'll piece it together somehow. Somehow, some way. And move this thing yeah. away from me. Stream decks killing us. <clears throat> Crap. All right. Anyways. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, Liv Morgan. She just she doesn't doesn't do like a lot for me. Like like you said before, she's her gimmick is to Carmella, mm-hmm. and she's not a particularly good wrestler. Yeah, but she she's decently athletic though. Yeah, I know, I know, but she's not a very good. And wrestler. like she has personality, but I don't feel like it really connects. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Anyways. Um, about I don't know two thirds of the way through this match, the undisputed era mm-hmm. came out with Tanara Conti, one of the competitors in the May Young Classic. Okay, this was this was cheese ball as hell. Yeah, this was so cheesy because all of a sudden the camera just cuts to the top of the ramp and Cole's like giving her instructions. Yeah, and she looks like she's nervous but also kind of mad about something. Yeah, so I don't know what they would have whispered to her. Well, the impression I got is is they wanted to cost Nikki Cross mm-hmm. the yeah. match. Yeah. So they brought her out just to say, okay, we know that we can get her to do what we ask her to do in terms of getting involved in this match, so go do it. Okay, yeah, but how? How did they convince her? What motivation does she have? I don't know. What were they, what were they saying maybe in her ear? Saying That's in, kind of important, though. Maybe, they're saying, maybe they said to her, in our era, the undisputed era, yeah. once we're in charge, then you'll get opportunity. Okay, that could be. I don't know. I said this But I feel like that, that conversation would have happened backstage. On the ramp, they would have said to her, okay, go in there and, and distract her so she doesn't win. I said this to you uh, off camera. I feel like they're botching this undisputed yeah, era they are. thing. I, I, and I'm, my response was the, the NXT TV... Right after Takeover uh, Brooklyn Three, yeah. Adam Cole should have been staying. Should open the show, staying in that ring on the mic for ten minutes. Yeah, I know. Lay out his plan. Uh-huh. What he like what Bobby Roode did. Yeah, this is why I'm here. This is what we are gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm coming after the NXT title because of whatever his rationale is. Set it up. Set it up. There's been no setup. They just come in and attack stuff. I know. It's weak. It's totally weak. And his two minutes of mic time was not enough. It came too late, and it wasn't enough. I know. Adam Cole's strength is his personality and his mic skills. That's his. That's his number one thing. Yep. Because he's he's a good wrestler. He's, he's a, a good wrestler. He's a good storyteller. 
but he's not doing crazy moves. He's not like a next level. He's not like a Drew McIntyre who's just a giant human man. Um, his his strength, and it is a strong one. It's it's he's, he's got plenty of it. Is charisma, personality, is command of the mic. They have not been shown that off at all. No, they haven't. Which is bewildering to me. It's really weird. They're not. They're not doing this thing right, man. Which no. is weird because usually they nail everything. They're nailing everything else. I wonder if it's one of those things where it's like, ooh, Adam Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. We get them all. What do we do with them? I don't know. They're sitting there. We got to do something with them. Let's put them out there. It does feel like they're still kind of right figuring everything out. It's like everybody else. Like Velveteen Dream. He was Patrick Clark. They took a long time figuring out what he was going to be. So that's what they're doing until they decide on their final form, their final repackage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're going to all have different names. They're going to have different, names. To see how the crap gonna have different names. Pretty yeah. basic level. and then Yeah. But no, every, so everybody else, though, it's, like, it's as if there's no pressure for, for anybody. It, it, it's, it's as if... This entire thing with Adam Cole, there's just so much pressure to knock it out of the park because he's Adam Cole. Yeah. And it's like they can't get it they can't get it right. There's mm-hmm. just too much pressure. There was somebody else that we've talked about in that respect. And I forget who it is now. The thing with that, it seems easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, he comes out with Fish and O'Reilly, attacks Drew Galloway after he wins the belt at takeover. But then he never they never put him on the mic to I've been saying that it's the same kind of problem I have with Sandy, even though it's it's not as huge of a deal now, where Sandy, when they debuted, they never came out and dropped their manifesto. This is why we're here. Mm-hmm. This is what our intentions are. This is what we want to do. Yeah. Adam Cole needed to do that same thing. But the thing is, at least with Sanity, at least with Sanity, you could see, <laughs> you could see who exactly. out there is based on their packaging. Bunch of crazy people. So obviously, they're kind of into the chaos thing, and then Eric Young has kind of said as much since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, But like, yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, even like that promo that Adam Cole did, he just kind of said, yeah, we're here to do what we want. Mm-hmm. All right. Give me something more. This is our depth. era. Yeah. Give me some depth. I know. And then like a straight, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of bugging. And then here's the thing that also kind of bugs me about this. And I understand. I under. I kind of understand. So when, for example, Authors of Pain uh, had, uh, when Sanity beat Authors of Pain for the titles, Nikki Krause got involved. Nobody hit her. She tried to do uh, the cross body on the Authors of Pain, and they, they like threw her back. They threw it or threw her at Killian Dane or something like that. No, no. The, How did it work? They, the one of the Authors of Pain was holding her, and Killian Dane did a, a running cross body oh, and through the table. That was great. Did you notice? Did you, I meant to write this down during the triple threat uh, women's match uh, to open the show. <laughs> he crossed a standing fun splash. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. It was weird. Was, she was standing there, all of a sudden she's boom. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, the re- I think they had the undisputed era enlist somebody else to do to to interfere with Nikki Cross because they don't want the men getting involved physically yeah. with that. Yeah, which I totally get. But to like run down there and trip her real quick and then run back, you know, just a here's your foot. Nothing that nobody, no woman couldn't do. You know, not yeah. not saying punch her in the face. Yeah, but like I don't know that to me. And then I don't know. Uh, it's just kind of wonky. And then, of course, Mc- Nikki Cross gets back in after... Or what they could have done is just have them walk down to the ring. Nikki's crazy. She'll respond to that. But then with the idea that Sandy would come out yeah. to respond to them, causing a distraction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There's a million know. different distractions. And maybe they want to get... What's her name? 
the girl that oh uh, Tanara Conti. Tanara Conti. Maybe they want to get her involved in a thing. Maybe they really like her, and that's fine. She's great. But uh, I don't know. I just think it was just wonky. It was weird. And I don't like shenanigans in NXT. Mm-hmm. Shenanigan NXT is usually shenanigan free. And yeah, they cut all of a sudden, and they're just like a huddle there around that girl, and it's just unsettling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's strange. I don't get it. <laughs> it, was, it was stupid. And then, like, during the... Oh, we're going to cost her a title shot. During the, uh, the spoilers for this stuff, everybody's like, oh, yeah, she joined Undisputed Era. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Three hours, they just said, hey, come help us for a second. Yeah. yeah. I'd, well, I think it'd be cool if she did. Yeah. Not really any relation to those guys. No. But. I mean, they have... But then again, they really, really haven't talked about their previous relationship. Yeah, that's true. Which, yeah, again, is a thing... Like, if, if Adam Cole came out and said, hey, you know, I used to work for a place... Now everybody at the, that used to be at this place is here. Mm-hmm. Let's just take it over. So yeah. This is our place. Yeah, now. we have strength in numbers. Yeah. You've been poaching our talent from this other place for too long. We're mm-hmm. going to take it over. Show what NXT, uh, what real wrestling is all about. He should come out and say, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Her. So anyways, uh, Nikki Cross does like a neck breaker on Liv Morgan, tries to pin her. Conti goes and, and uh, pulls uh, Cross off the pinfall. They do like a running back into the ring thing. Um, and then uh, Nikki Cross eats a kick and a perfect plex from Peyton Royce. Man, I love that perfect plex she does. Yeah. She does a great. Perfect plex is a great move. Yeah, it is. So uh, Peyton Royce. I was happy to see that. Yep. I was really happy to see that. I really like Peyton Royce. I think she's great. Um, so, yeah, that's good. I had her theme music stuck in my head all this morning. It's kind of annoying. Uh, next up, we had uh, the re-debut of Leo Rush. We were yeah. supposed to have a match last week against Alistair Black, but Didn't it was happen. interrupted by the Velveteen Dream. And uh, this time, he had a match against the Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Um, and the crowd got to see what Leo Rush is, and he is amazing. That shit that he pulled when he comes off the ropes and just stops dead and like goes 90 degrees. Does that Matrix thing. Oh, my God. Quick. Quick, super quick. It's just like you you don't – like we had the, the first time I saw Leo Rush was live at PWG with you against Ricochet. I cannot wait for Ricochet to come into NXT mm-hmm. now because, oh, my God, we get to see that, but to the next level, you yep. know. Yep. And when when he did the stuff that he did, <coughs> when you hear the crowd audibly gasp because they're seeing shit that doesn't look real. Yeah, I know. It's like possible. there's like that weird moment where it's like, is Leo Rush CG? Is he a CG creation? I know. What is going on right now? Like, people, A, shouldn't be able to move that quickly. Right. They shouldn't be able to stop and change direction that quickly. That was we- it's just it was weird. Because he bounced off the ropes, ran towards Velveteen Dream, stopped on a dime, yeah. and then went 90 degrees to It's as if there was no actual stop, though. But you have to stop if you're going 90 degrees. That's why it was so weird. Like, it messes with your head. It, it does. freaks everybody out. They went, ah! Like... <laughs> But like, it's super impressive. What was that? I know. That was so weird. Um, the story was set up really quickly. It was Leo Rush's uh, quickness and speed advantage against the Velveteen Dream's size and power advantage. Mm-hmm. In the end, power won. Yeah, he dropped the purple rainmaker on uh, on Leo Rush, and uh, that was it. Still, that's the and especially. Does he always does it? Do it where he's on the. I didn't think he always does it when he's oh, on the second no, no, rope no, no, and no. it bounces up. I mean, not a, he he just makes it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I love. I freaking love Velveteen yeah, Dream, really dude. Good. And he's so, god damn it, he's so into that character. And then he sat down in the Alistair Black position, and the whole crowd went, oh! Yeah. And he said, and he starts motioning to the camera saying, you're going to acknowledge me, you're going to say my name, Alistair Black. Yep. It was fantastic. I freaking love the Velveteen Dream, Yeah, he's man. really good. He's so good. 
God dang it, he's so good. Uh, next up, we had Lars Sullivan. Bummer. They didn't show his butt. Oh, yeah. He walked out, and before he... I wonder if somebody's watching or if it was just kind of obvious. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have him point his butt at the camera, even though it's hilarious. It's great. It's it is marking his territory. Anyways, him and uh, Danny Birch had a match. Of course, yeah. Danny Birch, best friends now with uh, Tony, Tony Lorcan. Lorcan. And so it was his turn, and it was virtually the same match. Yeah, it was really much. just a hard-hitting match. Danny Birch going British strong style on him. I don't know if you can use that term without reference. Well, I think British guys. strong style is a faction. This is really style, yeah. I don't think. But anyways, yes. Well, he's uh, British, and he uses strong style. Okay. They I'm really highlighted that. Danny Birch's boxing background. He was delivering some stiff blows to yeah. Lars Sullivan to no effect. Yeah. Uh, Lars picked up the win with uh, Morrow, called it a side spine buster. I've never heard that phrase before, but Morrow usually knows what he's talking about in yep. terms of wrestling moves, so yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, next up, I was very happy because the Street Profits came yes! out. Yes! I love the Street Profits. Yes! Every time I see them, I understand Montez Ford is going to be a massive star. I know, I can't street. wait. I know. Like, can we just give him the universal title now? Can we just do that right now? <laughs> because it's gonna happen. I seriously, I cannot get enough of his dance moves either. The way when he signed, when he comes down to the ring and he's like going bow legged, and he's like, yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> I like when he just started running around the ring yelling at people. <laughs> and then after the ring, when he was like teasing the ring announcer with yeah, the mic, yeah, it was great. I liked when, uh, yeah, when he was yelling at people and Angelo Dawkins was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so good. He's oh huge. man, he's gonna be huge, dude! God dang it, they're great. Anyway, they took on Damian Smith and Marcos Espada. Correct. Two of the jobbiest jobbers I've ever seen in my entire life. These guys were built and born to job. Mm-hmm. So, and they did the they did their job. Yeah, Montez Ford hits the uh, frog splash on Damian Smith and picks mm-hmm. up the win. Mm-hmm. With street profits. Mm-hmm. Picking up another win. Because um, they, yeah, they they were they were teasing Oscar on Twitter, saying we're three and zero, we're coming after your record. Yeah. It's another four and zero. Yeah. yeah. Next up was the main event. It was Andrade Cien Almas Tranquilo versus Johnny Gargano. Boo! This time, Selena Vega wore a. Uh, well, hold on. What? She wore a jacket. Yeah. But it was what it was what was underneath that jacket that turned the tide of this match. Hey now. It was a shirt. That was a shirt. Sure, we'll get to that though. This is a really good match. These two, uh, these two guys put on quality matches. Yeah, they do. All that. Uh, They're both wrestling machines. Dude. Yeah, all that Matt wrestling stuff to start the match was awesome. I love that stuff. All the counter moves and mm-hmm. counter counter moves were was great. Yeah. But let's get to the finish because that's where things really kicked up a notch. There were two phrases. I'm sorry. There was a phrase that I noticed was used twice during King of Pro Wrestling, the New Japan show. Yeah. And both Don Callis and Kevin Kelly both used it. And they said, action too quick to call. Oh, yeah. That reminded me of this. Did they use it during the junior heavyweight? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to watch that still. So good. Um, And that reminded me of this, but it's also my new favorite phrase. Because if you're getting lost and there's, like, too many moves going on. or You you just say that. Yeah, you just say, oh, action too quick to call. Yeah. Nice. Now you're out of it. Yep. Don't have to do any. Don't have to do your job it's anymore. The reset button. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, the finish yeah. saw uh, uh, Gargano put Almas in the Gargano escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and while uh, Almas is in the hold, uh, Zelina Vega unzips her jacket. Hey-o. Underneath 
It's a DIY, oh, DIY oh, shirt. Oh, that was the worst. Oh, no. So uh, Gargano was distracted a bit and starts telling the Vega, I don't care about that. I'm beyond that. That doesn't bother me. If you're stopping the match and you're screaming at somebody saying that you're beyond it, you're probably not yeah. beyond it. So that <laughs> little bit of a distraction allows almost to get to the ropes. The fact that he didn't just roll his eyes at her and then just continue on in the match. I know. Yeah, I know. Match. Or just look, glance that way quickly. And just exactly. Whatever. If he stops and starts saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm over it. I'm, I'm over it. I don't care about it anymore. Tomorrow, I miss you. Um... So, I, I, was, I was kind of expecting that to be the finish, but it wasn't. They wrestled for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zelina Vega gets up on the apron again. Gargano's distracted. Oh, wait, sorry. No, that happened right after this. Sorry, my apologies. Um, Almas goes for a roll-up. Gargano kicks out at two. Mm-hmm. Um, they rest, Then they wrestle for a bit more. Sorry. Gargano goes for the Gargano escape again. Almas throws him into the bottom turnbuckle face first and then give him double knees twice. Nice. He usually does double knees when people are... Face up, yeah. Face down this time, yeah. more brutal. And then uh, after that, almost wins with a hammerlock DDT. So almost is now two and zero over Johnny Wrestling. Yep, good, good, good. So yeah, that was the that was NXT. I mean, it wasn't you know I I'll be honest, I had like a headache, and so I didn't. It was really, an okay show. It was yeah, fine. yeah, it was fine. It's just you know when you get two look, I, I love the Lars Sullivan matches, but we kind of got two of the same matches in yeah, subsequent weeks. So now next week, I'm guessing we're gonna get. Uh, Oni and Danny Birch against Lars Sullivan. Yeah, maybe. I haven't read the spoilers, so I don't know. Neither have I. Well, I have, but I forgot about it already. Sorry. Yeah. I know it's a great thing about the spoilers. You just, I just always forget. I just kind of breeze over them. Okay, that's is like in the. I get the macro sense of what happened, mm-hmm. but individual results I don't always pay attention to. The fat bastard champ Alex Foster wants to know what's the best moment you've experienced from an NXT live event. Um, we were at NXT Brooklyn two mm-hmm. the night that uh, Nakamura beat Joe for the NXT title for the first time, mm-hmm. and while that was cool. It was when we were exiting the arena, and everybody in the concourse was singing oh, yeah, was Nakamura's cool. theme song. I think that is, for me personally, the coolest, most exciting, most awesome moment I've ever experienced in NXT. For me, it was touching Shinsuke Nakamura oh, yeah. when I was front row. When we... we Traded we, at intermission. Yeah. And you got the first half of the show, and I got the main event. And uh, I got to see Asuka up close, and I got to see Shinsuke up close, and I touched him. You know, where, yeah, where Nakamura does his... Stuff in the corner. That was Damn, the corner yeah. where our seats were, and I was like, right there. Yeah, I looked. I turned around, and looked. In the, I mean, because I was right along, right along the aisle, like yeah. six rows back. So I turned around, looked at the monitor, and there's Steve's giant face. <laughs> my huge head. I'm like, oh, like I, doing this I like wrestling too. <laughs> my seat too. <laughs> but then the way back up, he was uh, giving fans high fives, so I gave him five on the way back up. Well done. Isn't I got a touch. Isn't, isn't title. quite this stuff. I got the touch of the leather jacket. Fine. Liam Wagner. Is it Liam or Liam? Liam. Is it Liam? Liam. What's the end game you feel for this Alistair Black Velveteen dream feud? Uh, Therese Abada says here, live sex show. It'll be a live sex show. <laughs> I've never had balls in my mouth. Velveteen <laughs> <laughs> dream is going to be like, well, you will now. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure Alistair Black's going to go over in the end. <laughs> yeah, probably with balls in his mouth. Um, <laughs> because here's the thing. Alistair Black gets the win, but then Velveteen Dream gets his win. All he wants is balls in his you know. He wants to put his balls in Alistair Black's mouth. Velveteen Dream. Alistair Black's like, pardon the rock. Ryan Robles, power rank. <laughs> 
Five NXT champions in order from five being most recent to one being farthest away. I feel like it should be the opposite. One being the more likely. Okay. Next in line, and then five being fifth down the out. Okay. So one means Adam Cole or Roderick Strong. I feel like I feel like it's going to be the thing. Adam Cole's going to help Roderick Strong. And then Adam Cole will take it from Roger Strong. Yeah, so then so that's Strong, then Cole. Mm-hmm. Then Aleister Black. Yeah. And then, God, wouldn't it be great if it was a Velveteen Dream? That'd be cool. Gets the title, then dips his balls down into Aleister Black's mouth. <laughs> that's the only place it can go to. It's kind of obvious. Ricochet, number five. Oh, there you go. Ricochet, number five. Um, CM Punk finds it insulting. Is Cassius Ono the perfect rival for The Miz? One guy is the in-shape, braggadocious millionaire with the money in the girl, while the other is an out-of-shape, humble, regular guy that fans connect with. Cassius Ono's in good shape. He might have a bit of a tummy, but you can't do the things he does unless he's in good cardiovascular shape. Yeah, but, you know, um, aesthetically-wise, he doesn't look like he's in shape. I'm saying he's not out of shape. He's in shape. (laughs) I... I know He's that. He's been packing a few extra pounds. I know that. It's just, you know, there's a reason he wrestles with his shirt on, man. I love he's the perfect, but it'd be a good feud. Oh, I love it. Cassius is the perfect rival for pretty much anybody. Yeah. He's, he's great. great. Or any heel, I should say. Uh, Nate Morris, the 205 live. I like, I like, hold on a second. I like this, though. He, he specifies. The Miz, one guy, he's in shape, braggadocious, and he's a millionaire. And I like the idea that Cassius Ono is like, you know, a thousandaire. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how much do you have? i got about $430 in my bank account. I know. Hear me shake my couch. See when yeah. change comes out of it. <laughs> Nate Morris. What's on the dollar menu? Did 205 Live miss a chance by not turning the championship storyline into a six-man ladder match for TLC? Yeah, that'd been cool. Imagine if, if the instead of doing the Kalisto thing on Raw, it all ended up being a six-man. Uh, man, ladder match at TLC. When are we? They're cruiserweights. When are we going to get our ladder match with everybody? They're just dropping the ball across the Ooh, board. Tell me about it. CM <laughs> Punk finds it insulting again. Should Neville go on Cole Cabana's podcast and shoot on why he left WWE? Why would he go there when he can go here? Yeah. Huh? We want him here. And he's going to shoot all over WWE. Uh, I doubt he's gonna. He he seems like he's a bit too. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, a, that's a Simon Gotch thing. That. That's not a that's not a Neville thing. Yeah, I don't think Neville's gonna do that. He'll if he gets released, he'll wait out his ninety days, mm-hmm. go to New Japan, yeah, and have incredible matches. Yeah. Um, if Gravity has still forgotten Neville by next week's two hundred five live, and he floats out of the WWE universe, who do you think will become the new face of the division? That's a very illustrative uh, sentence there. Um. Cedric Alexander or Mustafa Ali? It's gotta be, dude. It's gotta be. I'm saying Hideo Itami. Can't just be or Leo Rush. Like they haven't. That's a recipe for failure at this point because they're they're not ready with them with those guys. Well, I didn't say like right now. Well, he's saying by next week's two hundred five live. No, he's saying if next next week's two hundred five live, if Neville is confirmed gone. Who do you yeah. think will become the new face of the division? I'm not necessarily read that as a new face of the division next week. The new face of the division is a current well, okay, face of the division. Okay, here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. This is the problem with that, though. This is the problem with that. You need somebody in the meantime. Well, that's why they have Kalisto. That's not going to work. I know it's you not. Need, you need, to, plug, you need to plug somebody in right now, and his name is Redick Moss. He's not a cruiserweight. Can be. He's going to drop a lot of weight by next week. I'm so hungry. Cassius Ono. 75 pounds in a week. How about Cassius Ono? And they're like, 
Cassius, you're like have to be at least 275. He's like, I weighed myself this morning. I'm 204. And they're like, okay, come on, do it. Oh, hold on a second. Got a call. He just drifts away. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll see you in my match, though. <laughs> Dom the Man Hilberg. I don't know if I've seen anyone move as fast as Leo Rush in the ring since Mysterio is Leo the next Ray. No, Leo, Leo's faster than Ray. Leo is Leo. Leo is Leo. He is, man, geez. I've never even seen Ray move like that. Nope. Uh, oh, here we go. I love these kind of questions. Patrick Sparks, what's your favorite minor detail about NXT? He says he likes the screams in Nikki Cross's personal theme song. And did you notice the ref yelling hard cam at Leo Rush during his entrance? I didn't. Mm-mm. That's great, though, huh? Wow. Um, favorite little, I, my favorite minor detail is their, um, is the lack of backstage segments. I'm not sure if that's a minor detail or not, but when the, the way, the way they advance their storylines through backstage segments, we've talked about it before with the Regal Ruby Riot thing and you see Danny Birch and, uh, what's his face, Oni Lorcan in the mm-hmm. background working. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, I mean, that, that into itself is a minor detail where it's not the focus of the segment because mm-hmm. the segment is about somebody else entirely. Right. But they're telling the story in the background. Here's a minor detail that I love, those press conferences, when a guy has his quarter, like when it's blatantly obvious that he's not recording, that they're just like but shoving stuff out there. But it's obvious to us because we know exactly. how that works, but yeah. a lot of people don't. What about you? What's your favorite minor detail? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it's got to be the background action. Yeah. In in the little uh, video packages. I like, dude, My I, I actually really... You know, the the crowd itself, the fact that that crowd and no, like, you're not going to get your big 17,000, 15,000, or 6,000, whatever, like, capacity arenas popping like they did for Leo Rush or popping like they did for Velveteen Dream or when Velveteen Dream sat down in a Leo Rush. But, like, the crowd is so more, is such more, it's so savvy mm-hmm. to all those little things that, you react as a as a fan like we are to the show. You react with them, yeah, and you get such a sense of oh wow, that's really cool. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just a smaller experience. Nicholas Nicholas Grosskirth, how long before Leo Rush is running two hundred five live? At this point, forty eight hours. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna debut the next. What if they do this? What if they have him put on amazing performances against much lar- larger uh, competitors? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we know this guy can go. He's great in the ring. I mean, to the audience. But his only uh, stumbling block is that he has to face all these guys that are outweigh him by 100-plus pounds. Mm-hmm. So he can develop his brand in NXT, get used to WWE's production mm-hmm. for two months, mm-hmm. three months. And then uh, just based on his performances, he'll, you know, he, he obviously he'll have to win some matches, but he, he, if you, you do that storyline, you can get by with him losing some too. Yeah. Um, and then he shows up on 205 Live and is incredible and puts on amazing matches with everybody. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Leo Rush right now especially, and he'll have this over the next couple of months, it, it's it's a very unique thing where he almost you almost don't want him to establish his brand. Let's say 205 Live is where we want him, okay? And I think it'd be great. It'd be great for 205 Live. You can put him on Raw, and that's going to draw eyes to 205 Live. He, you almost kind of don't want him to establish a brand on NXT because that might add to his mystique when he does show up in 205 Live. When they trotted out Kalisto, who we've known about for three years, and he, he's a, essentially a jobber. He's been a jobber for the last yeah. couple of years. When they trot him out, it's like, okay, well, who cares? Nobody cares. Well, I, I guess this Leo Rush guy 
Nobody knows anything about him except you've kind of heard about him. And it only takes about three months to really establish the reputation for being crazy good in the ring. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not suggesting he stays in NXT for a year. Give right, him right, right. Yeah. He gets comfortable. Audience gets to know him a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you still maintain this like aura of mystique. Like, yes. You don't really crack his character open. Yeah. You just know he's this crazy dude who comes in and does amazing matches. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The big, the big question is... Did they bring him in to work the style that we know he can work? Well, I think NXT did. NXT did. But are they going to let him do that and on 205 Live? And that's another thing to, to consider is, was he brought in even for 205 Live? What does he weigh, like 130 pounds? I think say 160. Dude. He did, like, the, the nearest competitor on Raw is 170? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just... Bringing up the thought because obviously he's. I do look. I'd be talent fine. levels out of this world. I'd be fine putting the universal title on him tomorrow too. I'd be fine with that. Have him chop down Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but I don't know. I do it new. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe they just want it for NXT. Uh, Daryl Takahashi, uh, what was your reaction to Jimmy Jacobs being fired for taking a picture with the Bullet Club? Find out tomorrow on the Daily Show. Yep. In short, we think it's as ridiculous as everybody else does. Brennan Hardy, with an overage of small guys in NXT, would it be beneficial or cool to add an NXT Cruiserweight title? If not, what mid-card style, style title would you guys like to see? No, there's already a Cruiserweight title. You only need one. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's going to be a mid-card title, you need a second hour of the show. What would you call that mid-card title? Throw us out there because it popped my head. Go ahead. Call it the next title. <laughs> but there's okay, a reason for it. All right. Because it carries with it like the gift of the gods type thing. You oh. catch the belt in sometime and get a title shot. The who's next title. Who's next. Yeah. Did you see Kitamura uh, in the Young Lions thing doing uh, Goldberg stuff? Oh, no. He won with a spear and a jackhammer. He cut an English promo. And at the very end, he said, who's next? Wow. <laughs> that was great. He's the next Goldberg, man. Freaking Kitamura. You see a Lance Archer going to town on the Young Lions after the... Yeah. Man. That happened a couple times. I know, Suzuki did it. it. Lance Archer, that chokeslam that he gave to uh, Kawado, I think. Those guys are legit kind of scary. I know. I can't think they're like their characters. I see Lance Archer just comes out and starts spitting water on everybody. Oh, you know what? I I get so disgusted by that because I know how disgusted you would be if we were there. If they showed up at G1 Special in the U.S. and they start spitting at you... Oh, I would have left. Yeah. <laughs> I would have went, went and stand in the, in the aisle. I, yeah. I could not have done That's that. That's so disgusting. That's gross. Like, where's your mouth been, dude? Um, uh, let's see here. Somebody asked... Uh, oh, Nicholas Combs. Because of the great feud build so far, do you think Aleister Black will have his first loss against Velveteen Dream? I think it'd be really, if they're going to have him lose, if they're not going to do this whole whatever thing, I think Velveteen Dream is the perfect first loss for Aleister Black. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but they can make it work. I'd give it a 50-50 chance, dude. I'd give it a 50-50 chance. Because it's all about, like, mind games and emotional weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could, I, I mean, I know that Velveteen Dream's, look, the the obvious way to end this feud is Aleister Black acknowledging Velveteen Dream but never losing. That's how they're going to end it. Yes. But I think it would be really cool if, if Aleister loses to Velveteen Dream and is forced to acknowledge him. 
essentially. No, that'd be interesting. It'd be cool. And it's kind of like if if Vel because Velveteen Dream is so all in on playing with emotions and and playing mind games that a loss to him because he's so obsessed with Alistair Black. It's not like Velveteen Dream is some like, but he's like obsessed with Alistair Black, and he's like it's it's so personal that a loss in that case is kind of acceptable. Mm-hmm. And again, do you really want to establish another undefeated streak with a guy? Oh, I know. They, they you know. I mean, lately they seem to be totally cool. Job people out with them. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, mm-hmm. Leo Rush all lost their first match. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to hurt any of them at all. Nope. All right. Uh, JT, aka one of Dalton's boys. Hey, friendos. Wanted to get your power ranking. Power, 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 power ranking. On top five NXT stars you think can have the potential five six star matches with main roster stars. Um, only rule is that you have to use one female star and one tag team. So below is his power rankings. Five, Street Profits versus Usos. Four, Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins. Three, Kyrie Sane versus Asuka. Two, Lars Sullivan versus Brothers Roman. One, Leo Rush versus AJ Styles. So we have to involve a women's match and a tag team match. All right. Five. Well, Asuka Charlotte's kind of... No Number one is AJ versus Roderick Strong. That'd be a, that could be a five star match. They let him wrestle how they wrestle. Okay. So I think it's the best pure wrestlers. AJ is the best pure wrestle wrestler in the main roster. I think Roderick Strong's probably the best pure wrestler in NXT. All right, I could see that. Um, I would say Adam Cole Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. For character stuff, people want to see that. I think it'd be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if Adam Cole ever drop a five star match, but in terms of stuff that I really want to see, yeah, that's in there. Kyrie Stane versus Oscar's good. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, tag teams. It's a bummer DIY book broke up because... Oh, man, I know. They're the best. Yeah, he has Street Profits here. The tag team division does not a lot of depth. I mean, I guess you could say Redragon. Oh, yeah. Redragon versus... Um, Usos. How about this? Redragon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Okay. Because I'm going to say they can be a tag team. Or Rollins and Ambrose. Yeah, Rollins and Ambrose. Rollins, yeah. I mean, right, Redragon. Gets, you just want to say Redragon, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Which is cool. All right, I need one more. <clears throat> Cruiserweight division. Leo Rush versus who? Who do you want to see first? Uh, Leo Rush versus Grandma's Leak. I'd say Leo Rush versus... Who's the fastest guy in 205 Live? Was it Tazawa? Might be. So not only is Leo Rush fast, but he's smooth. Yeah, I know. So like Leo Rush versus Mustafa Ali. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be phenomenal. That'd be really good. People just dropping out of the sky. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Sounds good. All right, are we done? Yeah. All right, that's good. Anyways, yeah, well, I mean, kind of, you know, not the greatest episodes to review today. But we do what we can. Thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now 
All you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 